Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Binance Podcast. My name is Wee Joe. I'm the Chief Financial Officer for Binance. So, what I want to do with this show is to spend time talking to specialists, entrepreneurs, scholars, influencers, basically leading people from a variety of industries. Hopefully, through these conversations, we can share insights on how blockchain is changing not just these different industries, but also in changing the world. Here's a quick disclaimer: all opinions expressed by our host and our guests on this podcast are merely their own opinions. They do not imply any endorsements or opinions of their companies. You should not take these opinions as specific investment advice, as you will be solely responsible for your own investment. Thanks, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Binance Podcast. Today, I am joined by Brendan Ike, who is the CEO and founder of Brave. And I think, as some of you may have known, that Binance we actually announced a formal cooperation with、uh, Brave, where we're actually placing. A Binance、uh, widget into their browser.、Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit with Brandon about、um, what Brave is,、um, and then、uh, about sort of why, what his motivation and his drive was in terms of building it, and what his vision is、uh, in terms of for the Brave and the the network they're building、uh, going forward. And then we'll go a little bit into detail about the formal cooperation between Binance and Brave as well.、Uh, thank you very much,、uh, and welcome to the Binance Podcast, Brandon. Thanks for having me. I think most of、uh, use browsers. We probably have used browsers since you know that was our first experience in terms of logging on to the internet. And and I think when Brave was founded, a lot of people were asking, you know, do, why do we need another browser?、Um, so can you can you give a little bit of background in terms of, of you know、um, the history behind sort of Brave, and then also maybe tie that with your sort of personal history in terms of building browsers for the you know for the last twenty、um, years. Yeah.、Uh... Or longer. <laughs> I went to Netscape more than 25 years ago、mm-hmm. uh, in、um, April, early April 1995, and after some、um, wheel spinning I, and some thinking, I had an opportunity to create JavaScript. But it had to be done very quickly to convince people that it was worth having. Bill Joy of Sun and、uh, Mark Andreessen of Netscape and I、uh, were, were sort of co-conspirators early on. We saw the need for JavaScript as a complement and a scripting language for Java, which we thought would be the big language. And Java was doing going into Netscape through a deal with Sun. Anyway, long story short, I created JavaScript and、uh, worked on it for a while. Took it through standardization. Then I founded Mozilla, and we, after sort of doing the rewrite of the code base、uh, that you're never supposed to do,、mm-hmm. uh, we then shipped Firefox on that rewrite and took back the browser market, restarted web standards,、uh, and then. Chrome came out. Now, you know, it's a lot of water under the bridge. But if you look at what actually happened, things like JavaScript and the cookie that were early、um, web standards for doing things like、uh, making your page a little livelier or remembering who you were when you logged in at your bank, so you didn't have to、mm-hmm. log in on every page. Those became used for tracking, and tracking became something that advertisers depended on, and then publishers depended on advertisers. So somehow everyone got. Stuck on on、uh, hooked on tracking. Let's say tracking was like heroin, and you couldn't really get off. And after the first taste, they would raise the price. In other words, you would make less money, and there would be bad side effects.、Mm-hmm. And some of those side effects people feel. There, there's so many scripts that load when you visit a page in a browser that doesn't protect you from tracking. That it slows the page load down. It, it uses up your battery because these scripts are signaling one another and using the radio on your mobile device. 
and that's the number one or two consumer of the battery. Uh, the screen is often number one, but in bursting uh, these loads, the, the radio can suck battery. So Brave actually gives you a much faster experience by blocking all this stuff. Mm -hmm. My creation, JavaScript, uh, I'm like Dr. Frankenstein. It turned bad, and you've got to block, <laughs> block a lot of those scripts, and you'll get much better performance. You'll get you know, 50% better battery life. We've been measuring this. Uh, we have a battery lab set up for this. You'll get uh, privacy, which is this you know, multifaceted good that a lot of people want. They want privacy now from prying eyes, from criminals trying to distribute malware to their systems, from big companies trying to take advantage of them, from governments. Now, Brave can't take on all the threats. If the government owns the network and it owns the great firewall, you'll need to use something else. But Brave does include Tor private windows, not just incognito windows like you're used to in Chrome. Mm -hmm. we, offer, we offer all the speed and the battery and other advantages that, that privacy gives you where Chrome cannot because Google is still dependent on the tracking that underlies advertising because they're an advertising company. They, mm -hmm. they, they have a great search engine. Everyone loves it still. Uh, to the extent that it's it's a search engine, it's good, but it's tied into their, the larger tracking business that became uh, more important over time. And so that's why I found it brave. But I also wanted to do something constructive because when you block tracking, you block a lot of ads and therefore you block a lot of payments to publishers. Uh, even though they're not getting paid enough, they do get something from ads. So I thought, how can we reconnect users directly to publishers? How can we actually pay users instead of having them pay? How can we have advertising that's private and that pays users a share as well as paying publishers a share? And the answer had to be cryptocurrency because by blocking all those ad tech scripts, uh, we were cutting off the normal sort of invoicing and, and automatic clearinghouse payments that go from advertiser to ad tech company to Google to publisher. And mm -hmm. to replace those payments, cryptocurrency can be mediated directly on chain or through the browser on a side chain, especially for privacy. And so that's what we built. We built a prototype with Bitcoin in Brave in 2016, helped us figure out a lot of the mechanics and the user interface. And then we did the basic attention token sale in 2017. And that gave us real advantages at the time. Bitcoin was quite congested. It was expensive for new users, especially if they weren't crypto savvy, to buy Bitcoin in small batches. They were paying 90% fees through a buy widget we'd integrated from Coinbase. And that was just because of the block size uh, congestion, I think. Uh, so, you know, we also had the advantage with uh, the basic attention token that we are paying users, not charging them. So with Bitcoin, you had to bring your own funds. You had to bring your own Bitcoin and give it away out of your own generosity. Uh, you can do that in Brave still if you want to, but the default, if you turn on Brave Rewards, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. The browser by default doesn't turn this on, but for those users who do, uh, you get private ads that pay you a revenue share. And then those tokens also by default trickle back to your favorite sites, YouTube channels. You can tip Twitter tweets and Reddit posts and uh, tip YouTubers, which I do. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can let some recurring monthly contributions be set up very quickly. So it's almost like Patreon in the browser, but anonymous. And anything that's not swept up by these tips and, and monthly contributions can be automatically cleared out up to a fixed budget every month from your advertising revenue share. When you created the browser, which I'm a user of, I think it's really nice. I mean, which basically, and, and knowing that it's sort of the environment is actually quite clean, right? It's, I don't have to, I don't have random stuff popping up when I open mm -hmm. it. I think that's great. But, but one thing that does sort of take into account is actually, I think you mentioned it at the beginning is basically, well, if I'm a publisher, of course, you know, I create content, right? 
and then ads is basically, you know, to a certain extent, and subscription is my, you know, my only sources of revenue, right? In terms of you right. know, for the content that I create. From that, you're able to basically saying, you know, what if I create a payment currency or a payment system that sits within sort of native in the browser? And I think that's the source of the BAT or right, of the basic attention token. Can you speak a little bit about sort of the adoption of the token then sort of uh, since you launched that and then yes. made that sort of enable payment basically or enabled, um, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of utility we're building on top of it. Uh, the ads that pay the user a share are good because uh, they, the user gets always the bigger share or the same size as us with the ads. Currently the user gets 70% and we want to stick to that. So it's like the mm-hmm. app store split. Those tokens then can be directed by your browsing privately the analytics for that is all in the browser on your device. There's no server side. We're not tracking you. We don't want to see your data because it wouldn't be of any use to us and people would suspect we were trying to become another Google and you know, at our scale, it wouldn't be valuable. Uh, but we wouldn't do it on principle. We want you to be in control of your data. And we think you, we can do a better job with machine learning in the browser that looks at all your data feeds, your juicy search queries, your e-commerce, how you navigate when you're sort of surfing around getting ideas for what to buy. That can be studied with local machine learning that's not expensive and can make very good suggestions or ad placements. And that's what we built. It's not just a browser. Uh, so when you said, why another browser? And the first question, you know, obviously that every 10 years or so, there's a changing of the guard. Uh, sometimes it's based on Microsoft tying Internet Explorer into its you know, Windows operating system, which had a monopoly. But Microsoft did a better job on Windows with IE4, in my opinion. Netscape was, was not investing in the browser as much as it should have been. So Netscape lost. And then Firefox restarted the browser market. And then, you know, four years later, Chrome came out, took some while to get traction. But by 2011, Chrome was on top, and it still is. But I think every 10 years or so, you get a conflict of interest between the browser maker and its users. And this this happens because the browser maker often is tied to advertising. So Brave is not tied to advertising in the, in the tracking sense. We instead have an opt-in model that pays the user. We wanted to uh, give the bat utility for other things. So we're working on things like... VPN and uh, premium purchases, soft goods that you can use BAT for, all mediated through the browser. We're also adding crypto wallets that require a little more expertise because the user holds the key. So they're, they're user custodial. There's no custodian uh, in, in the cloud. And that means you could, if you wanted to manage the key, you could have through this crypto wallets feature Ethereum today on desktop. And we're adding uh, a bunch of other assets. So all of Bitcoin and a bunch of Bitcoin forks. Um, Zero, Zcash, uh, you know, Stellar, uh, Ripple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that means we foresee a future pretty soon where with 13 and a half million users now, if we get to 20 million users, we have 530,000 creators signed up who are getting paid by the users directly through the browser. If the users then want to go use a different digital asset, they want to go through, you know, Binance to buy something or they already have a big bag they have on Binance and they want to scrape some off to send to a publisher or to a merchant, doing it through the browser will be super easy. They'll be able to match make those funds with the merchant. There'll be a buy widget. So we're, we're trying to build the browser into a very useful platform for e-commerce as well as advertising with the user always dealt in or treated in a first-class way. We put the user first, so we can't go wrong. Um, you know, if you, if you have a, a public company and you have to preserve the stock price or you have to keep buying other companies to take over other markets, uh, you can easily turn against your users just by accident. And I'm not saying this happened to any one company, but it does happen. <laughs> um, 
and, and, and we'd like Brave, uh, as long as we can, to be aligned with the user's interests. And if we come out of alignment, I think that our users would leave us. So we've, this, this is really something I intentionally built with my colleagues and co-founder to be, uh, can't be evil. And to that end, we use cryptocurrency. We use novel cryptographic protocols, too. Yeah, you've had a quite long history in terms of innovation and then in terms of, and talk a little bit about, because I think we mentioned sort of, you know, the way, because I like to explore sort of like everyone's, you know, to all of our guests, sort of like how they, if they are into cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, you know, was their sort of like journey into it? Can you talk a little bit about sort of your personal journey and then and then how you're able to sort of tie that? Because you, you don't understand Bitcoin, sort of, and you don't understand sort of the the essence of payment <laughs> and the economics of it. And then now you've gone out and designed your own sort of, you know, your currency to build and enabling that to build your own ecosystem, right? I mean, I mean the, the, yeah. you understand the fundamental thesis behind Bitcoin. Because like, I think a lot of the time people see it as just, you know, a price, right? Or digital gold, but it's actually a philosophy, I like to call it. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so my history goes back a long way, uh, and I won't get into all of it, but I did definitely... Mm -hmm. uh, I had friends at the sort of um, zero knowledge systems, the Canadian company, mm -hmm. the, the Hill Brothers founded. And uh, early on was following the works of people like um, David Chaum and uh, Stefan Bronze. So I was familiar mm -hmm. with the sort of cryptography around um, some things that you could do that evolved uh, into uh, Bitcoin, thanks to Satoshi, whoever they are. And mm -hmm. I, I had a, uh, somebody, at, uh, Brian Warner, give a talk at Mozilla, I think it was 2012 or 13 on Bitcoin. And I... I uh, found it to be a great talk. And of course, I didn't buy any because I'm never about money. I'm always about doing something with tech or trying to build mm -hmm. something. So I, I uh, should have bought it then, but I didn't. But when I decided to do Brave, I, I did need a, a cryptocurrency solution. I, I didn't see a way easily to connect users directly to advertisers and publishers. You don't want to do your bank account hookup. It's very painful. In the, in the US, you have to sort of give your bank account number and routing number. And sometimes they have to do a couple of you know, sub $1 transactions uh, to, to yep. confirm it's really you. And and nobody wants that kind of access to be given out to their bank account anyway. So crypto seemed like the way to go. Uh, and, you know, Bitcoin was the, the winner and we were using it and it got pretty congested. I, I was, you know, not happy to see how that evolved, uh, but it eventually led to the, the SegWit2, you know, sweeping through the fork. And, you know, Bitcoin is is Lindy. It's it's strong. Uh, it, people have various critiques, but I'm not here to criticize it. I'm I'm a pragmatist, and one of the things we did when we were looking at it was we we tried using it directly, so we got experience. We tried helping average people buy it, and that's where you know the fees got really inordinate. We also um, were looking at early uh, you know ideas like Lightning, but they did, they weren't feasible at the time, and they still have I think usability problems. Uh, mm -hmm. ones. So, so we ended up building a system in the browser. And a lot of people think about blockchain as, you know, has to be sort of this um, decentralized, peer-to-peer, -peer, uh, low-trust, less-trust system. And that, that's, that's true. But if you consider the browsers we all run, which are trusted endpoint software, there's even more of them. And if they can do some computing, it's not, it's not witnessed on the chain, but it is computing that, that value, is valuable to you because it happens where your data originates. And that's true of all your search queries and e-commerce, like I mentioned earlier, all your navigation. Turns mm -hmm. out Chrome, Chrome was monitoring that since maybe 2016, if not earlier. Their privacy policy said if you used a Google account and you logged into Chrome, then your navigation was going to ad targeting. Now, people didn't all log into the browser, but then yet, like a year ago, they said, well, you know, people aren't logging in enough to the browser. So anytime you use a Google account, log in in you know, YouTube or Google Docs or Hangouts or, or anything, Gmail, 
in any tab in Chrome, we're going to log you into the whole browser and then we can still see your navigation for ad targeting. And I still find people who are surprised by this. But with Brave, the idea is there's no cloud looking at your navigation. If you choose to participate in Brave Rewards, that enables this ad agent to start looking at all the data feeds. And, and that's really juicy, as I say. And then because the, the cryptocurrency allows us with the basic attention token to not only help users anonymously support creators, but also pay the user a share of the ad revenue and have the advertisers see that there's a, a clear, clean fee structure. Because a lot of times with ad tech, advertisers put money into a black box and what comes out the other end for the publisher isn't what was hoped for. And a lot of the people in the middle took a big slice. Some of them didn't tell the truth to the downstream partner or client how much they took. Um, this has happened over and over. You've seen what are called supply side platforms that help publishers get better yield on their ad slots. Yeah. And, and, and they were taking more than they promised. And the, the, the publisher would go buy out their own ad spaces and put money in and they would say, hey, you're taking more than you said. The Guardian once bought out its own ad inventory, its ad spaces, and they got paid 30 pence on the pound. So there's clearly a lot of inefficiencies that crypto helped us uh, recover and then share with the user. And that, was, <laughs> that wasn't possible without, without cryptocurrency. It was not possible. Yeah. Now, especially with sort of the, the entire shift to privacy, right, with sort of the backlash against um, the data that's being collected, through your yes. browser, through your phone, <laughs> through your apps that you're using, right? And then right. Uh, even the, you know your location data. So I, I mean, so I mean, even for me personally, I've learned to turn off a lot of these things on a gradual basis. But before, you know, to someone who's not, I would say, care as much, you know, you pretty much, you know, you're you're giving everything away for free essentially. Yeah, I looked at my old iPhone five or six, mm -hmm. and I had like eight page, eight home screens full of apps, and now I have mm -hmm. like four, and I don't want mm -hmm. deleting apps because you can't trust them. I also use Guardian iOS firewall to watch DNS queries to trackers that are embedded in the apps. Um, so yeah, our white paper talked about Coase's theorem. This is economics of trying to internalize negative externalities, trying to make a, a bargain that includes uh, costs that are sort of shuffled off onto the ecosystem or the user. Mm -hmm. and, and that's another thing I think, as you say, philosophically, that's aligned with, with cryptocurrencies and, and Bitcoin mm -hmm. and, and other, other coins, is, is to uh, make things more direct, make things more transparent and fair for the parties and counterparties. Yeah, which brings up sort of the cooperation that we, have, we announced, I think, um, two weeks ago between sort of... Uh, Finance itself, which is, I think we're we're, pro we're not probably, but we're probably the, the biggest cryptocurrency uh, exchange uh, in terms of user base and volume on a global basis. Um, smaller in the U.S. with the launch of our sort of Binance U.S. platform there, uh, specifically aiming at the the audience in the U.S. But but the philosophy that CZ has been is sort of like you know how do we bring more freedom in the world, right? I think, and that's a combination of cryptocurrency itself is bringing sort of, I would say the freedom of money, right? In terms of having your own value or your money in your, you know, controlling it in your own sort of personal wallet to be able to spend it and use it. You know, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, both physically right. and, and physically right. and virtually, right? And, and that's actually coming into um, fruition today, right? With the uh, with sort of the stay at home that sixty or seventy percent of the world is under now. Yeah, right? it's I like mean, how, it's, do you, it, how do you send yeah, money? It's, <laughs> it's it, a fundamental it's, question: is you can't leave your house. How do you send money? How do you that's make? A great money? point. Right? The internet and and crypto are both needed now more than ever. Um, you know, for better or worse. Uh, and I'm really uh, grateful that we have both. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we're 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 very excited about the Binance partnership. We had to figure out um, how to put. Uh, a, a widget 
in the new tab page of Brave <laughs> and and work with Binance closely. And it's been great. And we, of course, you know, people sometimes wonder if you put something like that in the new tab page, is it spying on you? Well, we did it in a way that doesn't. If you don't interact with it, it doesn't do anything. The code does not load from Binance. It comes from, from Brave, but it talks to your services through uh, authenticated API. And that means mm-hmm. that if you do want to interact with it, then you can log in and do things. And that adds utility to the browser. In the 90s, we had browsers doing all sorts of cool stuff. Some of that faded away or wasn't of interest after the browsers got taken over by the big four. But you know, ha- having the browser unify interfaces to money and payments and you know, personal banking or DeFi, that, that should happen. And we're, we're blazing that trail. Uh, we're very committed to that. Uh, the, the reason I think that innovation stopped uh, in the 90s and we didn't get a payments web standard for doing like browser to server payments. You mm-hmm. had to use, you know, sign into PayPal or, you know, buy on, on Etsy or something. Uh, because I think a lot of the, the browser market stalled when Microsoft took it over and Microsoft and PayPal and others didn't want that kind of standard. They wanted you to come yeah. to, to their servers. They truly, really monopolized the market in the worst sense possible <laughs> would explore it. Right. And then they kind of sat on it. They were they were hurt by the antitrust case in the U.S. and they felt mm-hmm. that web standards were too painful. So they tried doing Windows Vista, and that bombed in, in that relative terms. And they didn't see the iPhone coming. So the mm-hmm. world changes, and you have to be ready for the next thing. And that's why I feel uh, you know crypto and and privacy are are now positioned very well. No, absolutely. It's sort of like it it accelerated a lot of things that it was, that had a natural path, and it took away. A lot of things that were really unnecessary. <laughs> people felt it is, Yeah, I mean, there are obviously hard, hard times, and a lot of people who can't work from home are, are hurting. So it's not something I'm happy about. But we have to, um, we have to move to the new forms and the better ways of doing things. And that's why I think, like, um, you know, this is me spouting like sort of philosophical things. <laughs> you have to have that social safety net for people that are yes. that fall through the cracks. And I think that's something that I think the world in general is realizing that is necessary. Because if you don't have that social safety net of protecting sort of the vulnerable, um, you can't really sort of, you know, I think society as a whole lacks a sense of security and safety to sort of go forth and, and innovate. And, and I quite agree. And, and you know, yeah. crypto might play a role there too. It hasn't been done quite yet, but you could see all the ideas about universal basic income being Absolutely. done best through, yeah, uh, digital ledger technology. <laughs> Yeah. And it's also sort of like, you know, you, even this accelerating use of a digital currency or nationalized digital, or is it central bank or just government digital currency to distribute payment to individuals. Yeah. So the other one that's kind of interesting is actually the outpouring of sort of private philosoph- philanthropy, like, like yes. private philanthropy has actually thrived in places where I think government funding and government organization has failed. Yes, <laughs> I'm afraid so. And I, I, yeah. Brave, is, Brave is even doing some work mm-hmm. with some charities right now to get... Um, you know, COVID-related charities supported to get mm-hmm. uh, various efforts uh, that need funding. It, it, as you may have heard, uh, like the Khan Academy has had mm-hmm. an explosion in demand on its um, its services, its classes for uh, homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're working with them. We're trying to get them support uh, as soon as possible through Brave. Yeah, I mean, I think Binance has been sort of, you know, actually started off supporting um, cities in China that had shortage of supplies originally. But now the shortage of medical supplies, you know, masks, you know, just generic masks is actually uh, on a global basis. And, and what's interesting is China has actually turned into a net importer previously, not an exporter, just because they were able to pivot a lot of their uh, manufacturing towards these type of things. And so now they're, now they're actually exporting a lot of these. And then we're helping to source some of the supplies 
and sending them, I think, to, to Europe and to the U.S., um, working with sort of organizations on the ground there. Yeah, I've read um, that. It, it's tough. Yeah. Some supply chains don't turn on a dime. So you, you're, you're yeah. seeing thing, things uh, go to waste, but uh, mm-hmm. the ones that are quicker can be done. Yeah. 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 But I do think that overall, I think what we've seen is actually the resiliency of the, of, of the cryptocurrency ecosystem through all of this. You know, people in the crypto community, at least, sort of coming together. But going back to sort of um, Brave, sort of product itself, uh, how are you seeing sort of, because you mentioned a little bit about, you know, the I think about 13 million users around the world and you're looking to get to 20 million, sort of longer term wise, what's the vision in, you know, for Brave itself? Yeah, it's a good question because we're not going to take over the browser market uh, uh-huh. too soon. Uh, and if we did, we'd demand a recount. <laughs> uh, we do like to influence web standards. So we're working in the W3C with with colleagues from everywhere, Google, even uh, Mozilla, certainly uh, Apple, which has been uh, very good on privacy for a long time in many ways, mm-hmm. and uh, Samsung uh, and others. And that that standardization work is always challenging because the businesses sometimes don't want to you know, standardized too aggressively compared to other businesses like ours, for instance. But I think the web standards will move to have privacy by default. They'll have privacy engineered in to the specs so you don't have accidental you know, privacy breaches or fingerprinting, the so-called fingerprinting service, stateless tracking service come in through new APIs. At, between Apple and Brave and others, you'll see uh, the rising privacy consciousness among the users show up in the web standards. So our goal is not just to you know, take over the browser market, it's to get other browsers doing what we do, get them all doing something with the basic attention token if possible. That's, that's mm-hmm. down the road because part of the basic attention token platform is in the browser, it's endpoint software. So it needs some kind of trusted and secure, high integrity, tamper-proof software development kit or embedded, you know, engine. So we've talked about building that. It's in Brave. To factor it out and make it available for open source for other browsers is on our roadmap, but it's it's ahead of us still. And, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happens there, I think the crypto coming to many browsers, Opera obviously has done work here too that's good, mm-hmm. uh, is, is getting more and more people using a crypto. In, in Opera's case, I think Ethereum and ERC-20. So we just want to see browsers disintermediate the sort of ad tech intermediaries, the parasites and the trackers and the, the malware distributors and the, the sort of ad fraud agents uh, that take advantage of this very loose system where you don't know whether your ad's showing up in the New York Times or a fake New York Times looked at mm-hmm. by a bot. And if we can disintermediate that, well, we can also help merchants. You know, the, the merchants suffer from credit card fraud, chargebacks, they they suffer the interchange charge, which, you know, two and a, two and a little more percent, two percent is still not, not nothing. Uh, crypto could take that all down to a basis points range. So we see crypto as, as a good uh, leveler and a promoter of uh, direct relationships and low fees. I'm actually a pretty avid Google product user. Like it's actually yes. deeply integrated, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the recommendations they give is actually relevant. But the oh, thing yes. is, is that, you know, during this, these stay at home things, like YouTube is actually, you know, probably helping my family to survive. <laughs> YouTube <laughs> and of course, search. Search is great. And I, I uh, use YouTube. Yeah. YouTube was a great purchase by Google. But the yeah. thing that Brave yeah. gives you in, in YouTube is we block the ads. So mm-hmm. if you want to reward a creator directly, they, they can easily sign up super fast with Brave and then you can send mm-hmm. that directly to them. Uh, is Google taking notice? <laughs> well, I, I can't speak for YouTube. That's a separate division. I, we have a lot of uh, friends and colleagues on the Chrome team. So, you know, we keep in touch. I think mm-hmm. um, I can't speak for, you know, Google as a whole, but I do know that there are some brave fans inside Google. That's awesome. Look, uh, Brandon, thank you very much for your time. And I think uh, definitely have enjoyed this conversation and then look forward to, uh, you know, uh, collaborating together. 
and Definitely. really help deliver you know valuable services um, to our users respectively. Let's do it. And thanks for having mm-hmm. me. No problem. Thanks, Brandon. Take care and be safe. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this interview as as much I did. If you like this show, please share this episode on Twitter, Facebook, Telegram, WeChat, or any other social media platforms. Please don't forget to subscribe to the Binance Podcast, and see you next time.